TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. That's right, it's the Beer Show here on Score North. And of course, online, you can find us at scorenorth.com. My name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. He'll be back with us again next week, and we're going to start off the show with our friends from Elevated to Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And folks, if you're not familiar, then shame on you, because they have the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities. They are located in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd. And of course, they are also in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street, downtown White Bear Lake. And Ryan is here this evening representing Elevated. How are you, my man? I'm good. You know... I wish Fred Loney was here for this one, because this is going to be one of the better shows we've yeah, had in a long time. I agree. You know, we have an incredible guest uh, that's going to be joining us. We've got an incredible guest in studio with us right now, too, both representing for Brooklyn Brewery. In studio with us here is Dan Parker, who is the uh, regional sales manager for Brooklyn Brewery, great friend of ours, great friend of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, Minnesota's first advanced Cicerone, which we will get into a little bit later. But by phone, we also have... Garrett Oliver, brewmaster of Brooklyn Brewery and an author, uh, I mean, craft beer legend, joining us right now. So, Garrett, I want you to know, first of all, uh, welcome to the show. We really appreciate your time, sir. Well, thanks for having me. And I know that you are not only a craft beer legend and as an author, as Ryan Ryan alluded to earlier, and, you know, you're you're the mainstay of Brooklyn Brewery, but you're also a guest on the beer show, so that's got to rank right up there in terms of accolades for you over, over the course of your career. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to fit it onto my crowded shelf. <laughs> you know, what sort of physical form will it take? But I'm sure that you guys will figure it out for me. I need a large object. That's fantastic. So, Garrett, I really I want to get to kind of the nuts and bolts of I want to know your path. I'm always, and I don't know why I'm so fixated on this every time we have a guest of your nature on the show, but I always am, am curious about the path that led you to where you're at today. Well, you know, I think that you're you're actually right, uh, uh, and I think a lot, not enough people pay attention to what the path is, because I often say that uh, craft beer, or at least the story of American craft beer up until this point, has been a story of diversion. And what I mean by that is that we had a plan, everybody in my generation anyway had a plan, and it had nothing to do with beer. You know, we went and we had a, the American plan. You know, you go, you get the degree, you got the degree, now you get the job, you got the job, now you have some money, you got the money, now you get the house, maybe you get married, you have kids, you have the shoes for the kids we bought with the money, you know, and you get all the stuff, and you'll have a career, you know, and then finally you'll retire. And then you fall in love, and the thing you fall in love with is beer, and then beer makes you poor. and i think that's the part that people don't quite realize beer makes you poor and then you spend the next however many years trying to climb your way back up out of poverty you may be happier um but the the road is difficult so my original path was that i was going to be a filmmaker i went to school my degree is in broadcasting and film i worked for hbo for a number of years um, I took the Ramones bowling. I worked David Bowie's Serious Moonlight tour. I was on Eddie Murphy's original tour back in the day. I am 400 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did all that stuff, and I thought I was going to be making films or you know videos or whatever else. And then beer came a call in, and my income dropped by 75% um, in one day. Um, and that happened at uh, Manhattan Brewing Company back in 1989. Uh, I had, uh, in the meantime, going back, 
I graduated from school and I moved to England, which is where a lot of my favorite music was coming from. And I was stage managing rock bands. But at the same time, I was also going to the pub and I discovered that there was this stuff called beer. Now, I had thought that I was drinking beer when I was in college. (laughs) They had told us that it was beer. And then I got to Europe and I found out that I had been lied to. (laughs) You know, I was eating bread that wasn't bread and beer that wasn't beer and cheese that wasn't cheese. And I really didn't understand that until I got there. So when I got back after traveling throughout Europe um, and they, you know, rattled off the usual names of of the industrial beers, I was like, oh, no. Like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm totally spoiled now. So I started making beer at home in order to have some beer. That's the thing that's difficult for, I think, a lot of younger people to understand. That was the only way you could get some. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't like you could go to a store and get some beer that tasted great. That was like a fantasy. Um, You know, maybe if you lived uh, uh, near Chico, California, you know, in those days, you might have that. But, uh, you know, back in 1985, 1984, in New York, there was nothing. You know, and so, yeah, that's the way the homebrewing thing happened. I wasn't interested in actually making the beer. I was interested in having the beer. And then I fell in love with making the beer, and then it took over my life. And I became the apprentice. Uh, it sounds like I've gone to the dark side, but I, I, I became the apprentice for a guy named Mark Whitty, who had been the senior brewer for Samuel Smith's very famous brewery in England. And uh, I worked for him for five years before uh, moving up to Brewmaster there. So that in about three minutes is the short version of the path. So I'm curious, Garrett, was there a specific style, a specific brand that when you first had that sweet nectar of the gods, you went, my goodness, this is exactly what I need to do with my life. Was there a turning point or a specific flavor that got you hooked? Well, I think that it was basically the overall flavor of the best versions of the classical British cash-conditioned bitter which, you know, most people, even in the craft beer scene in the United States, have never actually had, because you might go to a cask festival here, and if you're really lucky, you'll get it done well. Um, But it's pretty rare to tell you the truth, you know, because real cask-conditioned beer is brewed for the cask. And there are usually, if you get something in the United States, you'll get something that was brewed for keg or bottle, and they put some in cask. And it doesn't turn out really to be the same kind of thing. But I fell in love with that, and then I was all over Europe and Belgium, and I was in Czechoslovakia back when it was really, really communist, um, and really got a, a, a pretty good education over the course of, uh, uh, of time you know, there. And then Brooklyn Brewery were the people who established craft beer in New York City, so if you weren't buying Sam Adams or Guinness, you know, during the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, 1990s or early 2000s, everything you were getting was actually from our distribution company. We had more than 200 brands. Wow. So we had everything. Um, and, you know, our sample room was like a candy store. Hey, Garrett, this is Ryan from Elevated Beer, Wine and Spirits. Thanks again for joining us. Um, quick question for you. You know, my business partner, Tom, and I were fortunate enough to to be invited out last year to Brooklyn Brewery for beer school. And with that, we were able to attend one of your beer dinners, which and I'm not just saying this may have been one of the best experiences, the best experience we've ever had in the beer industry in our in our seven years in the business. Um, the culinary side for you, I know that's uh, you know, equally important. Was that something that you developed along with your 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 passion your knowledge for beer and uh, and where do you see that going uh, from here uh, just as in terms of them playing with each other? 
Well, I think that, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you look at my first book, The Brewmaster's Table, um, it actually sells more now than it did probably five or six years ago. Um, and I think that's because basically, slowly but surely, the general American public has come around to the ideas you know, that were in that book, even though it's 15 years old, nothing's really changed. Flavors are flavors, and mm-hmm. everything still works the same way. And so I've been really cheered to see that. I mean, when I first started doing beer dinners, it was really, you know, the early days of things like Food Network, you know, et cetera. Everybody was into beer. They were starting to respect chefs, but craft beer at that time was getting no respect. And so I said to myself, if I were to tie beer to food, which people are respecting, you know, cheese and, 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 and great chefs and things like that, people will pass their respect from the food to the beer when they see what the food and the beer can do together. So at first, it was basically a way to, a pathway for people to be interested in craft beer at a time when there was almost no interest in craft beer. And then over time, it took on a life of its own. And, and you know, since those early days, you know, my first beer dinners in 1985, 86, uh, I've done over a thousand beer dinners and tastings and things like that. But the beer school experience is particularly special to me because that's the one where, where we're doing the cooking. So uh, craft beer legend, author, and Brooklyn Brewery beer master Garrett Oliver here is on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and two tastings, of course, this weekend. Per usual, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Mr. Oliver, this has been great, and I'm, uh, we're hitting it off very, very good so far, but I have to hit you with a hard-hitting question. Are you ready? I am prepared. All right. So my buddy Chris Long, he works downstairs for the sports department for KSTP Channel 5 News, and he has the following question. I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot me. (laughs) Please ask Mr. Oliver about their discontinued Pennant Ale 55. It was one of my all-time favorite beers in the history of me putting fluids into my head. They need to bring it back and ship me at least six cases. (laughs) Well, one, I can tell him that he is not by far the only person <laughs> who has said that to us, number one. So that part will make him happy. Unfortunately, if you added up you know, every single person who said that to us, we would still have sold 12 kegs a week. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was the problem. I mean, as uh, you know, you, you've seen how the craft beer scene has gone, and it mm-hmm. used to be a lot more variegated uh, than it is uh, at this particular time. You know, we don't like to think that we're engaged in fashion, but we kind of are. And malt has gone out of fashion. It just kind of has. Everyone is really into hops. They're not as into Belgian styles as they were five, six, seven years ago. Um, and, you know, the juicy IPA is the hot thing of the moment. And so when you're trying to sell multi beers, dark beers, you know, beers that have a lot of expression through the center, um, you know, sales are low and you have to make uh, decisions. Um, you, when I, I mean, I felt the same way when, uh, uh, when Firestone Walker killed Wookie Jack, which was one of the few black IPAs that I actually liked. Mm. I thought it was great. But they were like, you know what? Everybody says they love it, only they're not buying it. <laughs> so how do you see? Maybe, how do you maybe see one it? of these days we'll bring it back as a special edition. And if we do, you all you people, you better buy. All of it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I want to see it flying off the shelf. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Right, Garrett, you've been through a, a lot of cycles and trends throughout your time in the beer business. How, how do you feel like this compares right now with this this kind of you know all hops, all IPAs all the time, the hazies? Do you see this being comparable to the way things have gone in the past, or is this kind of a, a new paradigm? 
No, it's a new paradigm. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's an, an aberration, you know, which I, you know, I don't know whether it will last. I think that, um, you know, it is, uh, that doesn't mean the beers aren't good. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of great, you know, I was out there drinking juicy bits with everybody else mm-hmm. uh, uh, out in Denver and hanging out with Neil Fisher, brewmaster, super nice guy, and, uh, and his beer is great. I just don't, uh, I don't think that it's interesting anymore to see, you know, the same people over and over again, or people who look the same, uh, doing exactly the same beer that tastes exactly the same every time. Um, you know, so frankly, I just find it a bit boring. I mean, I would like to see a bit more variety. Um, you know, you go to a lot of tap rooms these days and it's like, well, we got 15 juicy IPAs and then we got three other things. And it used to be, we had a Saison, we got this, we got that, we have the other thing. Um, you know, and so, you know, obviously I'm exaggerating, but there are times that it seems that way. And so I, you know, I'm hopeful you know, I liked the days. I mean, these are my competitors, sure, but I liked the days when you could go get a Dufel pretty much anywhere. It was a great beer. You know, Saison DuPont. We wouldn't have any Saisons in the United States if it weren't for beers like that. Um, and so by leaving the European beers behind, we kind of forget where we came from and the fact that those beers were awesome. And now you can't get them anymore. And I find that sad. Yeah, we, oh, go ahead. Well, we see we see the same thing at our at our stores here in the Twin Cities. You know, even in 2012 when we opened, it was commonplace for for a, a craft beer consumer to come in and grab maybe a, a, a triple K and, a, and an IPA, and we just don't see that anymore. And the sad thing is, is that because the demand isn't there for those import beers, those classics, that we're starting to see distribution dry up on some of them too. And I'm and I'm hoping that that trend doesn't continue. Yeah, when you get when you can't get some of the best stuff in the world. I mean, imagine if uh, everybody said, "Oh, we only want local," and you couldn't get any more French cheese, and you couldn't get you know any more uh, uh, you know champagne, and you couldn't get you know any more uh, uh, you know great things from Italy or whatever else. It's like, well, we only eat all, we only eat olive oil from California. You, it, it would be kind of sad. Things become a little bit uh, more uniform, which of course is exactly the opposite of what we uh, uh, in the original days wanted craft to do. And if you think about it, you know, the whole idea of everybody brewing the same thing, wasn't that the industrial idea? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a certain way, I kind of feel like uh, we've gone into reverse. You know, there's also, you know, other fashion changes. I mean, people are no longer into the larger, the larger bottles. Um, they would prefer to see it in a smaller bottle or a can. Now, you know, I'll go wind the kids up. You know, I'm only half winding them up when I say, don't you have any friends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I mean you, you, got a, you got a big bottle there, uh, uh, and why don't you get some friends? You know those. You remember those, you know, that you actually meet up with, you know, IRL, and sit down with them and drink the beer together. And they're like, no, man, I want something I can drink myself. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, but everybody has to react to these things. You can't tell people you are to love the 750 and the cork finish and everything else the way that I do. It doesn't work that way. So, Garrett, let me ask you a question here as we close the interview. Uh, you, you're the brewmaster of Brooklyn Brewery. In your time with them, what are you most proud of? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, that's what I do here, Garrett. I ask the tough <laughs> questions. I mean... More than anything else, like you know, I'm 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 really proud of uh, uh, you know helping develop. I mean, such a great you know bunch of people who have been able to do tremendous things. And I'm you know I'm proud of our our variety and quality over time. 
I think if I look at Brooklyn Brewery and what we were able to do, what our beers were like, et cetera, say, you know, seven or eight years ago, I couldn't even imagine uh, uh, back then that we would be able to do the things that we're doing now. And I hope that if I were to look ahead right now to, you know, 2027 or something, that I actually, in this day right now, cannot imagine the things that we'll be able to do in 2027. You know, we are, we are much more interesting and better than we used to be, um, you know, which is uh, hopefully the way everybody wants to be. Awesome. Garrett, this was truly a treat. Thank you so much for your time. We know that you're a busy guy, but uh, thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us here on The Beer Show. We appreciate it. I am off to China in 36 hours. Uh, (laughs) I I will see you guys on the other side. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. There he goes. Uh, That was really cool. Thanks so much for setting that up, Ryan. Uh, Brooklyn Brewery, uh, the the, the featured guest here this week. And uh, we're going to keep the conversation rolling since we're basically in podcast form this week. We can do whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Uh, But that was really cool. And I love... You know, you know, Brian, we've been doing this now for a couple of years, but getting that really cool behind-the-scenes glimpse of some of these really notable dignitaries in the craft beer world is just purely awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've done this show for, this is, we're in our seventh year right yeah. now, I believe, and, yeah. and Garrett Oliver is one that we've, you know, we've wanted to have on the show forever. I'm, I'm just so happy that that finally came together. He's an incredible guy. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan Parker, you are here, and uh, you are representing uh, Brooklyn on the local scene. So, right. in terms of this particular market, where does it kind of um, fit with the overall global scheme of things with Brooklyn? Uh, yeah, so Brooklyn Brewery, uh, we're currently the, the 12th largest brewery in the country, um, but about half of that volume is done overseas. Um, we, okay. we are the um, largest uh, exporter, I guess, of, of American craft beer. Really? Yeah, we, I believe that still stands, that we sell more uh, craft beer overseas than any other brewery in the country. You guys are like the, the Levi's of... The craft beer world, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Absolutely, <laughs> cool. absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, we're we're in a ton of different countries. Um, and then, you know, here, even though we're the the twelfth largest brewery, we're actually only in now thirty states, and that's um, up considerably where we were two two three years ago. Uh, we've been been launching some new states here recently. So, um, you know, Minnesota is is certainly kind of right there in, in the pack, and and we've been here for about a decade now in this state, and uh, and still going strong with uh, with innovation and. You got me out there trying to make sure everybody's still drinking Brooklyn <laughs> Lager, you know, like Garrett's talking about. We gotta, we, you know, kind of not forget about these these beers that brought us to where we are today. So I have to ask a question because um, a- as we were talking to Garrett on the phone, you were nice enough to pour a couple of samples for both me and for Ryan, and I really like the flavor of of the one that you poured here. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, our flagship at, at Brooklyn is Brooklyn Lager, and we're now describing this. We're, we're basically calling it a hoppy amber lager. Um, and so if you were to look at what I just gave you uh, in your in your cup there, uh, you'd probably think that it's somewhere along the same lines. Yeah. Um, we're, we're definitely it's it's amber colored. Uh, it's definitely got a, a nice hot bite to it. Um, super drinkable, super drinkable, really nice malt sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, what you might not know about this, this beer is that it is only 80 calories. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that'll do good for my girlish that's, figure. I mean, without without with the malt profile on this, I just feel like that's really deceptive. I yeah. mean, because you get a lot of nice balance between the the hops and the malt here, and you just don't usually see that in locale. Absolutely. I mean, it does have like you're you're t- we we have this huge malt backbone, and then we've got which I hate that term. I can't believe I just said that. Um, but then we've got this like really really robust, um, um, nice gentle bitterness uh, towards the end uh, from the the dry hopping. Um, and the way we get it down to 80 calories, of course, is by the, the fact that this is a non-alcoholic beer. Wait, what? 
Get out of here. This beer that you're drinking is called Special Effects, and what? it is less than 0.5%, which by legal definition in the United States of America is a non-alcoholic beer. Wow. That's incredible. That is I mean, incredible. I, I never would have guessed that this is an NA beer. You're joking. Absolutely not. Wow. Um, we, uh, which I'm... No I'm, wonder I don't have a buzz. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. <laughs> Honestly, uh, can I can I be truthful? And, and yeah, again, my, my, my taste profile and everything else means absolutely nothing because I'm horrible at it. I just know what I like. This really finishes like an Oktoberfest, which is what okay. we're in the middle of October. That's what I thought you brought with you. Honestly, yeah. that's what that's exactly what. And I love Oktoberfest beer for sure. Everybody that, does. That's exactly what I thought that this was. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it does have that great kind of sweet malty character to it. Yeah, um, great balance. I mean, this is we, NA. Wow, this we've is seen NA. a lot of NA beers explode out of the market in the past year. I haven't really been a fan of a lot of them to the point where I, I think I, I would mix them in as much as I probably should. But with this, I, I mean, and I'm not just pandering to you right now, but I really feel like this is this is a different class. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've actually been getting really into the NA stuff myself for for a number of different reasons, um, you know, and uh, you know they're they're just not all there yet um, as far as flavor um, for sure. And being that that's why I drink um, any liquid, I put consume any liquid as is for flavor. Um, I want that to be there. And so when we uh, originally we. I tasted this as a test last year, and I was floored. I, I, was, I was so excited about this. So, did um, they tell you in advance before you tried this that it was NA? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could you tell right away? Because you no. are you you have the be- the best <laughs> taste buds in the in the in the in the state of Minnesota because you know you are the give me the give me the term again, Ryan. The Ad- advanced advanced Cicerone. Cicerone. Yes, right. I didn't want. I thought that that was right, but I didn't want to screw it up. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in all seriousness, I have a loaded question for both of you. Okay. You mentioned something earlier about the growth of NA beer. Obviously, not not just here in the Twin Cities or the state of Minnesota, but but around the country. And you even said yourself. You're finding yourself liking more and more of these. Why are we seeing that growth? Just out of curiosity. Well, first of all, NA is the number one fastest growing segment in craft beer. Um, really? It, yeah, and actually in, in all of beer. Um, the segment is up like 230%. What do you right attribute now. it to? Uh, well, Heineken mostly. Um, they, they released their double zero, um, and so that's definitely been the market leader. Um, but the trends uh, amongst all age groups, I mean, we it's so easy for people to want to kind of just like segment things like, all oh, the millennials are, are looking into for their health or, or whatever. Um, we've done a lot of research on this and where health factors and stuff do come in and people want to, um, you know, have uh, better experiences like when they go out at night. Maybe they want to go out and don't want to drink. Um, they want flavorful options. Flavor has been the number one um, thing that that people have been talking about with this beer when we did uh, our market research on it. Interesting. Um, so, you know, the, the health factors are there um, and they could certainly turn in a lot of different directions. But to be able to have something that tastes like a real beer, that drinks like a real beer, that is a real beer, um, I think is is going to be is appeals to a lot of uh, consumers. We actually launched this in Europe um, last year, or maybe earlier this year, and um, it's already become um, our I believe our number four selling beer wow. in the Carlsberg portfolio overseas where we're at. So um, yeah, it's, it's doing really really well for us. Uh, we just kind of uh, started making announcements here at the beginning of October. Kicked it off at GABF and um, some select markets will be launching it. Um, but Minnesota, you can look to get your hands on it here in uh, January, just in time for those New Year's resolutions. Ryan, you're seeing the same thing from a retail standpoint. Yeah, you know, and we've we've had a, a couple guests on now that that offer NA or even are exclusively NA. The one locally was it Hairless Dog. Hairless Dog. Yeah. Okay, and they'll be back on with us in December, so we'll talk to those guys a little bit more. But um, yeah, we're seeing huge pull. 
especially with uh, the ones that taste great, like like Dan mentioned. Dan, you know, you guys are less than 0.5%. We've seen the 0.0s. What what is the difference there? Do you know why why you'd go you know completely non alcoholic or or just a, a you know a tiny percentage? Yeah, I mean, I can only guess that the reason you go zero zero um, is because it, it looks better, I guess, on a label yeah. for for some people. Like maybe if you know if if a lot of so the the old um, thought, I guess, that when people would see somebody drinking a, an NA beer, is what that they were an alcoholic, right? Like that was they would go to their bar still and have an NA. Um, and that's certainly not the case anymore, but for that zero, zero consumer, that, that could be there. It's also process. It is, um, okay. you know, our, that's what I thought might yeah, be the case. Yep. Yeah. Our, our beer is, is actually brewed like real beer. Um, it, we do use some, some proprietary special, um, you know, process, nothing weird, like just temperature changes and stuff like that to, to be able to keep it, um, you know, NA, but, uh, just by legal definition in the United States, if it's below 0.5, then, then you're NA or, you know, Europe, they call it AFB alcohol free beer. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Brooklyn Brewing, uh, the guest here on the beer show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Two tastings per usual this weekend, uh, Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. at the South Minneapolis location, and this Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the White Bear Lake Store. You get to sample Brooklyn Brewery, and you get to do it for free, Yeah, Ryan. for free. We'll have we'll have most of the lineup. You know, Brooklyn, they, they have incredible beers. They run the spectrum. I do know that White Bear Lake, as of today, Thursday, has a little bit of Oktoberfest left, which is rare. I mean, Minneapolis blew through theirs a while ago, so they'll they'll, they'll have that available. But um, I'm kind of excited to hear a little bit about what you might have coming down the pike here. I mean, last time you were here with us, I want to say it was over the summer, you made us some incredible beer cocktails. Oh, with, God, man. that's right. Yes, you did. With Bel Air Sour. Yeah. You, you did an Aperol Spritz. Correct. And it was... It was out of bounds. Yeah. Um, do you have any, anything like that happening coming down the pike for you guys in terms of beer cocktails or other innovations? It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> um, you know, we we haven't uh, fully pulled the lid off of everything here, um, but uh, we, we, you know, we, we kind of joked about it last time I was on about, you know, how great it would be to have something that just came in a pre-mix format where you pop the can and pour it over ice and, and just have that cocktail. Um, so uh, we, uh, again, I think I might be... Uh, get, getting out there and putting this out there a little bit early, but, uh, um, we will be launching a product called Brooklyn Spritz wow. and it is, uh, it is a mimic of, of what you had. Um, we developed our own botanical blend. Um, so it's got that, that same kind of, um, bitter orange liqueur flavor to it, a little bit of grapefruitiness to it. Um, still pours that, that beautiful kind of uh, rosy color. Um, and it's, it basically, it's a, it's a cocktail in a can, but it's, it's a beer. So, yeah. all right. You ready for a really, really, really stupid question? Yeah. Cause I'm completely full of them. That's why I host this show. I, I was ready since I walked in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in all honesty, uh, uh how difficult is that to concoct that great recipe for a cocktail as opposed to concocting that recipe for a beer? Are they kind of one and the same from a, you know, from a science experiment standpoint? How, how much more difficult or are they about the same? Oh, was, I mean, com- completely different. I mean, the fact that, you know, when we made the, the, the Bel Air spritz, which is, you know, our Bel Air sour, which we will be having at the samplings. Um, and then we're basically taking that, pouring it over ice with Aperol, a pre-made right. um, bitter orange liqueur. We didn't have to put any of the work into making Aperol. Aperol is, is delicious. Um, you know, the Italians made made that that what it was, and we all we had to do was pour it into a glass. Sure. Um, in order for us to create the spritz, uh, the Brooklyn spritz, we basically had to reverse engineer what we wanted out of that flavor profile and and create that in just out of the the genius of our, our brewing people's minds. 
That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend because this this uh, canned cocktail, so to speak, canned beer mm-hmm. cocktail, is not going to be released until what next next year probably. It will be next year. It'll be next year. first couple of months of twenty twenty. So in the meantime. Just do make your own. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. go go get a bottle of Aperol. <laughs> yeah. Buy some Bel Air Sour. Is it what five to one? Is that essentially what you do on the on the mix? On About that? that, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of you'll you'll flavor adjust to your own. I like a, you know a little less Aperol, a little bit more beer. Um, you know, garnish with orange or grapefruit. Um, a lot of our six pack holders that are out there now actually have a Bel Air uh, Spritz uh, cocktail card inserted into them already. If you catch me at the the tasting tomorrow or, or one of our people on Saturday. Um, you know, we can have some, some cocktail cards and we can just hand those out as well. So, I mean, when you're at elevated, you're, you're, you're right there. You've got Bel Air in one hand and Aperol in the other, you're out the door and you're ready to have a good, a good night. Yeah, nice. that's fantastic. Uh, we're, we're in the fall now. Mm-hmm. You're a food guy, just, just like Garrett is. Any, any recommendations that you have right now, especially with Brooklyn beer, of course, with Brooklyn beer, uh, for pairings, anything that you're, that you recommend to our listenership to try during this, uh, this cooler season? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm not a food guy like Garrett Oliver. Um, <laughs> but you're a food guy. I am. I am. I mean, that's honestly, that's Garrett, uh, is one of the reasons I work in beer. He's one of the reasons he, that I work for Brooklyn Brewery. He, he and his books are definitely some of the reasons that I did, was able to get that, that Cicerone achievement. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to, uh, that, Garrett has been a big part of my professional development as well. Um, yeah, as far as Brooklyn beers in, in the fall, this is our season. Um, you know, Garrett mentioned that that malt isn't isn't fashionable anymore, but um, it is the best part of beer for this season. You know, malt forward beer. So our Brooklyn Lager, our Brooklyn Brown. Um, our Brooklyn Oktoberfest Post Road Pumpkin, if you can find a little bit of that still out there. I was bummed out, by the way, when he said that, because I love malt-forward beers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you always have. Yeah, that's, I, that's... I do. That's why when he said that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm the lame one. No, no, no. You're, <laughs> you, well, yeah, you and me both. But um, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, we're, our, our time will come, and there will still continue to be breweries like ours that will continue to put out malt-forward beers. Because it's cyclical, good. right? Everything is cyclical in that nature. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I hope so. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the IPA trend has, has been around for a long time. It hasn't really slowed down. It's it's changed. It's developed. But um, I don't know with the fact that our beers now, like, re- resemble, like, tattooed face mumble wrappers more than anything. Like, <laughs> That's good. I, I just I, I don't know what's going on, so I can't guess what's going to come down the line. I okay. Mean, yeah. But I guess I was just looking at it in terms of, you know, my own personal buying habits. You know, when I go to my South Minneapolis elevated store, I'm buying all sorts of different kinds of things. But that's just because I like a lot of different styles of, of, you know, whether it's beer or maybe a spike seltzer from Fair State or whatever. I just like a lot of different things to kind of mix it up once in a while. I'm not really dedicated to one particular style of beer. Am, yeah. I, am I alone in that regard? No, kind, that, kind of. Oh, no, I'm kidding. No, that, <laughs> but, I mean, kind of, I guess. But, yeah, Reavers, you're a weirdo. <laughs> but that isn't that... Uh, and Garrett, again, talked about this. Isn't that why craft beer exists? Isn't that why we should all like want to be here, that we're not just doing the same thing? It's, right. You know, it's not just the, a, di- a different can, a different slogan, and, a, you know, coming from St. Louis or Milwaukee. It's These are these are craft breweries all over the place. They should be making super interesting and diverse things. Um, why do you think the consumer is trending one-dimensional? in this in this day and age is it is it just the hype machine is it is it the 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 scarcity factor you know the the sexiness of hops versus malt i don't know why that is but you know that's that's obviously a thing um why are we trending that way that's a i mean that's a really good question Uh, we could we could tally up a lot of the things you just said and and that probably all plays into it um 
if you're just going strictly from a flavor standpoint, which is where I, I feel like we all have to be, because I mean, I still think while I know that there are consumers out there that go in and buy something and drink it and they, they don't think about it. It's, it's probably terrible, but they're still going to consume it because they, they, they got the only can in existence or whatever. Um, but if you, if you compare that to the way we eat, think about the, our foods now. Um, you know, we, we eat fast food constantly. We're, we're eating processed foods um, and, and killing ourselves with them. And I find that to be akin with, with beer, if, if it's just that flavor blast, it's that instant gratification. Yep. There's no thought, there's no sophistication. Um, I'm not saying there's not great IPAs. There's even great hazy IPAs and, and all these, you know, kind of, no, crazy but I get what you're there. saying. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a multi beer or, you know, do you, you sit down with a, a Brooklyn lager and it, it's, it's a beer you could think about if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, but it's really complex. It's really sophisticated. And, um, I don't know that the consumer right now, the, the, the vast majority of consumers out there are really interested in that. They, I think that we're really kind of in this fast food nature and then you got the hype machine behind it as well. Um, you know, it's like that Taco Bell commercial. Everybody's lining up for these like cheese line, whatever. And it's like that's all we're doing because we're just following people online to to go to the next release. Or it's or easy, right? Truck. Like if you don't have to, if there's no uh, acquired taste or 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 thinking that goes on, you just get what you want. You get that fix that makes people happy, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious, and forgive me if you already mentioned this, Dan, but uh, going back to the NA beer, yeah, you said it was going to be available here. It's not yet, but give me when it is going to be available and a price point. And, and are they in six packs, twelve packs, how are, or four packs? How are we how are we serving this? So this will be a six pack can. Um, just because I know I'm going to get a million emails, so yeah. I just that's why I want to yeah. ask you. Six ahead pack of time. can. It'll be line price with all the rest of our Brooklyn beers. So, um, what are we at right now out there? Uh, Seven ninety nine, yeah. okay. depending where you're cool. at. Um, um, we will be. We're looking to have this uh, ready to go on shelves by January first. Um, you know, we. This is going to be a year round. This is going to be a really big deal for us. Um, it's a really big deal for for people the way we're trending with our healthy lifestyles. Um, well, I, I can tell you this because my dad's an NA beer drinker, okay. and I've turned him on for a, from a couple of guests that we've had over the course of the years we've been doing this show, and that's the first person I'm thinking of is I'm going to pick him up a six pack at Elevator, and then bring him, you know, for when we have our next family gathering for whatever reason, because I know he's going to love this kind. Yeah, well, that's fantastic to hear. Um, um, yeah, absolutely. Pick some up at Elevated. Uh, we'll have it there in January. Um, you know, you're going to make New Year's resolutions. I'm sure all, everybody that's listening. Good there's, point. there's the dry January movement. Um, but realistically, you know, even if you're not jumping on all, any of those trains, um, this is a, a great product to, to mix in with your normal consumption. It just, it tastes really good. Um, I was mentioning to you guys, uh, that, you know, I, I, I've kind of gotten these, these NAs and, and one of the things that it does for me is like, I love watching NFL football on, on, on Sundays. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, I get home from church, I throw on my Jersey, I sit down on the couch and, um, you know, if I don't have something like this available to me, I'm probably slamming down some Oktoberfest or something. And, and by the third quarter, you're by the third quarter, I need a nap. <laughs> so now I've just ruined my day with my family and I'm not going to get up and go do anything else. I just watch the next stupid game with right. like the bills and jets or whatever's playing, <laughs> like n nothing I care about. And, and just, it ruins your day. So now I'm like, I'm like, I've got, I got a six pack of, uh, you know, special effects in my fridge. I might mix in a, a couple other beers as well, but um, you know, it, it, it's, it really just changes the way that you can experience and enjoy a beverage like this um, and, and be able to control the effects. And Ryan's right. I'm not pandering either. This is the best NA beer I've ever, I've ever tried. I'm not, and I, like I said, when I had it, I thought it was real beer. Yeah. That, that's how good it is. Yeah. 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 It's shocking. Yeah. But you, and you, you think this is going to be a popular item at the stores? Yeah. I, I mean, I think quality wise, it's 
it, like I said, it's another class. Yeah. So it's it's going to do well. Totally no agree. Doubt. Uh, if people want to hear about this, find out more information about you guys, Brooklyn Brewery, where they can find your beer. And all. we haven't even have we touched on your entire beer lineup yet. I mean, what what else, what else can we be can we find on the shelves at Elevated from Brooklyn? By the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, like we just talked about, we um, uh, we've got Bel Air out there, which is our our dry hop sour. Um, that's become my biggest seller in this market. Um, we've got our Brooklyn Brown Ale, which we sell year round in Minnesota because not too many places people uh, breweries make. A really, really solid, drinkable year-round brown ale, and so Minnesota keeps us r- really rolling in that. Um, uh, we actually are uh, transitioning in in Minnesota right now to uh, for a couple of our beers uh, into cans. So we've been a, a bottle-forward uh, brewery for a long time, and here in the Minnesota market, we are changing, uh, transitioning over to to six-pack cans. So. Um, Bel Air right now is in bottles. It will be switching to cans, as will our Brooklyn Lager. So unfortunately, that means that um, there are some shelves out there that don't have Brooklyn Lager because we kind of sure. let the, the market buy off the bottles, and then we're going to fill it up with cans. So so watch for that. That's going to be super cool. Um, Brooklyn Lager out of cans. Brooklyn Lager is like my favorite beer in the world. Sure. It keeps just saying it over and over again. Brooklyn Lager, Brooklyn Lager. <laughs> Drink Brooklyn Lager. So here's what I want to do, Ryan. When, when, when finally uh, the Brooklyn special effect, non-alcoholic beer, hits the shelves at Elevated, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be the first guy that orders that on my app and have it delivered. Oh, there you go. To have yeah, an yeah. NA beer delivered on my app. That's what I'm going to do. I but, love it. Uh, talk about the app, by the way, that's gone gangbusters for you guys at Elevated. Yeah, so we recently released an app that's focused on delivery here in the Twin Cities. Very easy. Uh, download it from either of your app stores, uh, iPhone or Android. It's brilliant, people. It's really br- it, it Not only is it brilliant, I cannot believe that someone else didn't think of this long ago, so kudos to you guys. Yeah, thanks. It's it's uh, it's working out really well. Uh, we're getting a lot of traction with it right now. Uh, if you want to find it, just search Elevated Beer, two words. That's the easiest way to get it. It'll pop up right away. Download it. You can peruse all of our selection. And uh, if you live uh, in the really in the Minneapolis or even St. Paul area, you're going to get really reasonable shipping uh, that will be delivered. Generally speaking, I see delivery times under an hour, and uh, it's it's... I don't think it can get much faster than that. So um, super convenient. And if you're doing bigger parties, things of that nature, it can be kind of a a, a real weight off your shoulders, uh, literally, in terms of just getting some bulk orders delivered to your door, not having to worry about running to the store and gathering it up yourself. I'm talking even like 18-pound bags of ice, things like that, things of that course. you just don't want to deal with. You yep. can have this stuff delivered now. So check that out. And also one other quick mention, Reavers, well, before we wrap up, we we're uh, we we're nominated again. Uh, oh yes. for the Growler kind of a big deal awards, Very which cool. we're really really happy about. Really uh, really happy that uh, the you know the the readership put us up for that. And both stores were nominated for both the categories that we qualified for. So best liquor store in in, in the Twin Cities for Elevated Minneapolis, as well as Bottle Shop and White Bear Lake for the Suburban uh, awards of the, of the same nature. Please go to the uh, growlermag.com, vote for us. It, we've never taken one of these home before. We've kind of always been the bridesmaid. That shocks here. me. That, that yeah. actually shocks me. So help us out if you can. Go to growlermag.com. Even if you just vote for our categories, search us out. Just hit those, hit submit, and maybe we'll take it home this year. That's cool. And you guys are more than deserving. And I think that that, that, that should happen again this year. It's, it's, it's really cool because, like I always say, you guys are the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities. It's not close. Well, we, appre- we appreciate that. And it, 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 it's fun It's fun to you know collect hardware. It's not the end of the world. But... You know, it 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 really uh, 
for the staff and everybody else that works so hard at the shops, it's yep. kind of a token of uh, appreciation. That's cool. Um, so really quick before we close, I, I have to give some love to our near uh, our newest beer show family member, Dasco Labeling. So I showed you these cans earlier today. So uh, Dan, I don't know if you're familiar with what Dasco does, but they are a labeling company up in Blaine. All right. So we met with them, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. We had them on the show last week because they, they, they want to get into beer can labeling, you know, like whether it's small batch, large batch, whatever. But they're doing it because they're just huge fans of craft beer and huge fans of this show. So we met. We thought, well, you guys are perfect. So get this. I find a box on my desk. This would have been Monday morning. And they were on the show last week. And we were just having a casual conversation, Mike, myself, and then the crew from Dasco. And in the in the box, I opened it up, and there are two crawlers sitting in there. I thought, oh, that's that's nice. I didn't I didn't really pay much attention to it because I had to do Garage Logic. So did the show, come back, and I looked, and I had mentioned on the show last week that one of my personal favorite cans of beer was Dangerous Man's Peanut Butter Porter, and I mentioned you and I going up there with our buddy Ben Quam, yep. and how we each bought a couple of crawlers. And I thought I had purchased two cans of peanut butter porter because, you know, me, I'm just I'm flighty and not really paying attention. Well, I had bought one and then accidentally grabbed another crawler of something else, which is fine because they make great beer. And I went, oh, I, but I didn't discover that till I got home, which whatever they because they all kind of look the same. Yeah. So they, lose, but they yeah. went and got me one, then customized a label, you know, the Dangerous Man logo. Yeah. So they made Iconic it now. my face with my glasses and put cr instead of dm on there <laughs> i'm going to tweet out a photo of this later but that's the kind of stuff that they do and it it looks like a can of dangerous man beer it's brilliant it, it, it's really cool but one of the other things that they do and i thought of you right away so when you and sarah got married a couple of years ago yep you had a lot of really cool customized bottles at your wedding they do labels that'll say ryan and sarah and then have those at the various table. It's so. Are they doing this right now? Like, can we go to their website? Yes, and, and make custom absolutely, labels? absolutely. That's you incredible. Can. Yeah, I love and, it. and I thought New Year's Eve. You're just mentioning, you know, January, New Year's Eve, birthday parties. You know, a 40th birthday party, what have you. That's that's the kind of stuff that they can do for you. And they're doing it just because they're giant fan. I mean, yes, obviously they have a business, but they just got into doing this because they're just fans of beer and celebration. I just thought it's cool. It's super cool. That is cool. But I, I I legit thought of you guys right away. I'm like, oh my god, this would have been Ryan and Sarah written all over. Yeah, you we would have done that for sure. <laughs> yeah, because we had we had a lot of you know great cellared beers and things like that. But um, it would have been fun to put like a tandem label on there or mm-hmm. do something you know a little with your wedding day more tailored to the wedding. Yeah. And it's like I, I showed you guys that can in the fridge. I don't even want to open it now and drink it. I just want to keep it forever because it's so cool looking. Keep the can. Yeah. Well, that. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. I could just drink it drink and then the fill it with something else. Anyway, um, boys, this was fun. Thanks a lot for setting everything up, especially with Garrett. That was a lot of fun. This was uh, another cool episode of the Beer Show. Uh, people want more information on Brooklyn Brewing. Where can they find that, sir? Brooklynbrewery.com. And you guys are uh, social media heavy too, correct? Absolutely everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Yeah, get it. We're, we're from Brooklyn, of course. <laughs> you know how to do it right. Dan, okay. you're the best, man. Thanks Appreciate for coming it. in. Thank you. Uh, and also, everything uh, beer-related for tastings and things of that nature, new releases, you guys are all over social media, too, at Elevated. Yeah, and check out elevatedbws.com for links to all those social channels, as well as our web store that I mentioned with the app earlier. You don't have to have the app to access that. You can actually go through our website as well in order that way. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Beer Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
in. We'll be back on the air next Thursday night live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios. Until then, we'll talk. Cheers.